Nathan has the runner. Daisy Pierce is in space inside 50. If Bannon just kicks the ball, she backs her pace in, takes two bounces, runs to 30. This will be a wonderful goal. Coast to coast footy from the D's. Kickness have got nothing to go to. Blackburn. Frugalato generates the kick. Who else? Benelli May. Now another chance for him to go forward. Guest. Kicks it to Trucin up. Welcome back, footy fans, to another episode of Donnie's Disposals. I am your host, Coach Donnie Hess, here back with another AFLW round review. We are getting towards the pointy end of the season. Round eight has come. It has gone. And joining me today, ladies and gentlemen, a very good friend of the podcast and legend of SA footy and coach of the Woodville West Torrens women's team in the state league a very good friend of mine miss coach norell smith coach great to see you and have you on the podcast you too coach donny good to be here as always awesome awesome i think you picked a wonderful round of 42 chat with me over some results we expected some results we didn't expect and some absolutely magnificent footy so before we get into the nuts and bolts of each of the games just a kind of sky view overall thoughts of round eight oh look it was um you know there, there was a couple of teams that played that you thought uh, would get the points uh talking about the suns thought they would get up over port easily thought north melbourne would have put up more of a fight against the d's Always knew it was going to be a close one with the Brisbane and West Coast. Last game of the round, come home and, uh, you know, make the, make Essendon look shaky as we get to the pony end. Yeah, definitely. That was definitely one I was looking at going, okay, that's an interesting result. So let's go through it game by game. We will jump up to Cairns, up to Kazali Stadium. I thought it was funny that I said up there during the preview up there, Kazali. <laughs> I had to chuckle at myself for doing a pun and didn't even know it. As the <laughs> Richmond Tigers get a win over the Hawthorne Hawks, 41-30, a great game of footy. Fantastic to see women's footy up at the top end. Your thoughts on this one, because this was a magnificent game. Bond Conti, as usual, sensational. Yeah, look, but the Hawks, you got to be like, they played some plucky, they played a plucky game, didn't they? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the Tigers have obviously uh, really been, uh, well noted that their injury list is very, very long, you know, missing, you know, they've got Mont Conti, but they're missing, you know, the, the second part of the double barrel in Ellie McKenzie. Um, you know, she's set to return pretty quick if they can sneak into the finals. But I thought Hawthorne played really, really well. I think Caitlin Ashmore has been playing some really good footy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, um, yeah, it was it was a really good game to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fan- it was fantastic, and seeing both of these scrappy teams, and knowing that Richmond was fighting for their final lives, and Hawthorne is just 
I mean, I love Matt Goddard. I think she's a fantastic coach. I think she's absolutely amazing for the game. And to see a team that only has two wins still playing some great caliber mm-hmm. footy was fantastic to see them push. It just shows you their competitive level. doesn't matter where you are in the ladder. You can play a competitive game of footy. It was fantastic. In fact, I actually tipped Hawthorne in this game. I thought with the injury list that the Hawks mm-hmm. would be able to jump up and nip them. But Again, my mm-hmm. my hat my hat tipped to Richmond because they played an absolutely magnificent game of footy. Katie Brennan, absolutely fantastic. This is a Richmond team. If they get in, they've got the horses to to do some damage if they really want to. So this was a fantastic game of footy played up in Cairns. We jump over to the Witten Oval in Melbourne as Sydney, OMG, Sydney mm-hmm. get a 96-39 point win. Pardon me, coach, while I don my red hat for my Sydney part and do a happy dance because I was nervous going into this game as as a fan. I was super nervous because this is a Dougie's team that you've got Ellie Blackburn, you've got you've got um, Fitzgerald, you've got Kirsty Lamb, you've got some superstar talent on this Dougie's team. So I knew there was a chance they could turn it on and find a day against a young Sydney side. But Chloe Malloy, the magician that she is, setting a record with 17 score involvements, setting the AFLW record for score involvements in a game, legitimately could not believe my eyes as Sydney wins this by 57 points, 96-39. Wow. Yeah, and they did it all off the back of, of you know, losing probably the the best rookie or you know second year player in Ali Morfitt uh, she's just taken her game to another level and you know when she's gone out for the season with that pesky injury it's it's kind of like you think oh you know where will Sydney find the depth but what a touch up wow the dogs are in some serious strife yeah I just I felt I felt horrible as this game went on just because it just seemed like they they got it out of there when when it did go inside the defensive fifty for Sydney they were able to repel and then their kicking their kick mark game was absolutely magnificent. Beck Privatelli going forward, Cynthia Hamilton is starting to show why she was a top why she was a top ten pick, and it was just incredible. I, I literally I'll take my red hat I'll take my red hat off for just a little bit and just as a as a coach watching what coach Gowans has done with this young side has been very very impressive and I worry that Burke's days in 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 the kennel may be very 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 short uh, unfortunately but this was a tough one uh going up next one up to Brighton Homes Arena up in Springers up in Queensland as the Lions do it again. They knock off the Crows 42-39 in an absolute classic. I must say, I finished the Swans game and I thought, oh, I'll go to bed. No, I can't. Gotta watch Brisbane Adelaide. Gotta watch Brisbane Adelaide. And I thank God I stayed up and watched this because I was treated to absolutely magnificent, sensational, every single great word you could say for a game of footy. It described this awesome game of footy. Brisbane by three, 42-39. Yeah, well, uh, I've been saying all year that we've got the big four, you know, we've got Melbourne, North, Brisbane, Adelaide. They're the big four teams. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the ladder now, and I know we'll talk about it later, but they're the four teams that, you know, they've cemented their spots. Where they finish is, uh, you know, a little bit up in the air, but you you won't imagine that they'll change too much in those positionings. Um but, yeah, what an absolute classic it was. It was, you know, Brisbane's pressure 
um, was probably the best that they've got all year. And, and I suppose that's what happens when you come up against a rampaging Adelaide that hadn't dropped a game. And if you're going to be any chance against them, you have to bring the pressure. Um, but, you know, is it that mindset of uh, for Adelaide that it's the one that they probably might need it to have dropped? Because, you know, they didn't get touched up. It was a close game, could have gone either way. It was in the balance right till the end. Um, but, yeah, two of the best sides, uh, you know, duking it out. And I think for me it's between Adelaide, Brisbane, Melbourne for the flag. Yeah, I'm I'm with you because on that one. I'm calling it. Not not, re- <laughs> not really. I don't think it's I don't think it's really a big call because I I think you kind of look at it. And I completely agree with you. It's 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 the top it's the top four that are fighting for the flag. The other the other four teams in the finals I think are just making up numbers because as good as those all four of them have been very very good. Their only losses really have come to each other. There, there have been no shockers. I know Rich, Richmond nipped Brisbane early in the season, and I think they were still adjusting to the losses of Greta Bodie and, and mm-hmm. Emily Bates, which makes Brisbane's win even more impressive of the the total losses that Brisbane has had. Like, I think somebody put it out there that said, if, if you put a, get together a team of all the players that Brisbane has lost over mm-hmm. their over their seven or eight seasons, you could win a premiership with it. it it's insane. To mm-hmm. look at the names that have that have donned that Brisbane Guernsey that are now donning a different Guernsey in the AFLW. So, what Starcevich and the Brisbane Lions have done up in up in Queensland is incredible. So for them to knock off mm-hmm. the team that knocked off Melbourne, <laughs> it, it just mm-hmm. makes it just makes this finals that much more interesting. And you've still, I'm I've just been impressed with what Coach Starcevich has done. So. This is a Brisbane team. If they get yeah. on a roll, could be absolutely lethal come finals time, especially with their forward line. Um, as good as it is with Dakota Davidson mm-hmm. fighting form and Chelsea Hotar is an absolute spitfire. So <laughs> what a game. Yeah, look, Courtney Hotter, she's a live wire. That's that's for dang sure. And the thing is with Brisbane is what you mentioned about um players coming in and rolling out is that they must have such a strong culture that it's you're indoctrinated into that straight away. And, um, you know, if you want to play here, this is how you play. So, mm-hmm. yeah, super impressive. And, you know, it won't surprise me, you know, if it ended up being Brisbane, Adelaide in the grand final. Yeah, wouldn't, sh- wouldn't shock me. Or <laughs> yeah. 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 I, North right now, the four is probably the one team on the outside looking in. But we'll have to see again. Finals can be mm-hmm. Finals can be quite the tricky, tricky uh, situation for sure so well, i think p- we'll get a, a better gauge once we see adelaide and north play this week yeah that'll be a fun one uh, that'll be that'll be probably game of the round for sure so jump up to sydney and henson uh, henson park is the giants nip carlton by two 49 47 another mm-hmm. one of these results i look at and i go if you'd have told me this two rounds ago, I'd have told you you're crazy because Carlton was playing great footy gws was still kind of trying to find themselves but the giants do it again and they do it without Elise Parker, which I think is almost makes this win even that much more impressive. Yeah, well, I suppose when you've got young Goldsworthy, uh, mm-hmm. you know, standing up and really finding her feet at the level, um, you know, she kicks five goals. Uh, any team that has someone kicking five goals is pretty stiff to, to lose, even though Zanka did it against Adelaide. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, like what a, what a, a fine they've uncovered a powerhouse forward that, you know, that they haven't really 
cemented. You know, they they took up um, Huntington uh, up there to play that role, and and she's still kind of finding her feet coming back from those ACLs. So, but oh, Goldsworthy, you know, Zala Goldsworthy, she is an absolute weapon. Um, and yeah, they just found a little bit of connection, didn't they? They mm-hmm. they just um, you know, and uh, to to grab it the way they did at the end was another exciting finish for another quality AFLW game. Yeah, I just I love seeing these tight scores. It's absolutely magnificent. I love seeing that, and and it's great, and it's great for the competition to see that even a team that's fighting for finals can still they can have that game with a trouble against a bottom four side. So it's absolutely mm-hmm. magnificent. We jump over to as you said, one of the games that I think shocked a lot of people, and that's Port Adelaide. V Gold Coast ends in a draw, 45-45. And this was one I had penciled in. I thought the Sun, I thought the Suns were just too strong. Their talent in, in Port Adelaide has been a little bit iffy this year. They've been inconsistent. Power do just enough to get the two points. Oh, look, I think they'll take any points they can get, to be honest. <laughs> They've mm-hmm. certainly struggled all year. Um, and the Suns, it it was it was a funny old game. Like it, it never really felt um, like anyone owned the game. Um, and, you know, when that, when that goal was kicked to put Port two goals in front, you know, with five minutes to go, you thought put the queue in the rack and this game's done and the sun's just kept coming. And I mean, Dupre, uh, I mean, that, that goal that she kicked to, to, even up the game was just absolutely incredible. Um, and Charlie Rowbottom just continues to shine. Um, you know, I don't think there's um, a physique or build or ability like her in the AFLW. She's really unique, strong midfielder. She kind of reminds me of Ellie Blackburn a little. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you know, if uh, if Port didn't have Gemma Houghton, they, they might have been in a bit of strife because she's electric. But, I mean, Tickle played very, very well kicking three goals of her own. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was uh it was a it was it wasn't a, a high quality match. It was um, you know, a lot of stoppages and, you know, a lot of tackles and stuff like that, which is a really contested game. But uh yeah, the finish was kind of fun. Yeah, I the Jack to pay finish was absolutely magnificent. I was like when she first kicked it, I was like, oh she she skewed it. She went off the side. It didn't go the way she wanted to and it it started hooking and I went, you got to be kidding me. And then her yeah. celebration, just laying on the ground, just kind of looking yeah. up like I did it. It was absolutely, yeah. absolutely awesome. And I, and I, I kind of love, I kind of love the scrappiness of this game. I mean, Port Adelaide kind of made it, they kind of made it mucky. And I, and I, you knew that they had to, because if you look at the lists and you, and you put them side by side, Gold Coast has the more talented list. If you look at Charlie Rowbottom and some of that. So this it's exactly what they needed to do. Lauren Arnell did exactly what they needed to do. They got points out of it. Yeah, it's not a win, but you want to know what? It's still two points. It improves it. It's some positivity to bring out of it against the team, a Gold Coast team that I think should should play finals, but we'll have to see. Still two rounds to go. We jump to the other massive matchup in this round of top four sides as Melbourne take on the Kangaroos. And I must say this, Coach, I'm a little disappointed in North because I thought North at the early part of the year, I thought North could be the foil to Melbourne because Melbourne looked so good until they dropped that mm-hmm. game to the Crows. I still looked at this and I thought this was going to be a competitive matchup. I thought this was going to be a game North was going to be in it the entire time. 
Melman kind of took the lead early and never really even looked dangerous, never really looked in danger as they win this one by 23, 37, 14. And it's fascinating to see this forward line that really is, that shows a lot of headaches to a lot of teams because of its height and its ability to mark. And Melbourne had no problem with it. This surprise, this result surprised me a little bit with the ease that it was for Melbourne. Yeah, I think it surprised everybody, to be honest. I I remember um, listening to someone talk about North and they were talking about North saying, you know, they just don't trust them as a side mm-hmm. to win big games. And this is one of those particular moments where that happened. And and if you have a look at the way uh, the scoring went, they kicked two goal one in Q1 and then they only scored one more point in the last quarter for the whole game. So the connection between the mids and the forwards or the ability of Melbourne to choke them to be able to stop that scoring and that running because Melbourne – you know, they, they didn't score. It wasn't a high-scoring game. You know, they only scored one goal, one in the first quarter, two goals, one goal, one goal. So it, it was a real arm wrestle, but really concerning for North that they can only kick two goals in a game, in a, you know, in a game of footy and in the first quarter and then struggle to, to get any type of ascendancy. Yeah, this this one did I, – I, I remember watching this and just going, after the first quarter, Melbourne – they were they were strangled and and there was something not just not working right and again that that midfield for for Melbourne is quite quite good for as young as they are I mean Hanks Purcell all all of the all of the names there Mithin is is always one of my favorites to watch um so I just this was a Melbourne team I just little pest little if if, pest. if they're all if Melbourne are on they're very very good and North was mm. just a little bit off Melbourne was on and it's just it was a bad combination after the first quarter for sure so we jumped to what, what was what many people would consider upset Sunday in the competition we'll start mm. off as the as the cats fall to the Collingwood Magpies at Vic Park 30 mm. 24 and I think the part that stands out to me the most is when a a storm rolled through midway through the second quarter and it went it went from nice easy viewing to players having to shield their eyes it was raining so hard but i got to mm-hmm. give it they still played tough contested footy again this was one of those where the pies just absolutely gritted out a win i absolutely love seeing this they needed this win to get to keep themselves in in, in contention to play finals and the Cats drop one that I think they were expecting to win with the, with the side that they have this year. So, a good game of yeah, footy. Yeah. It was absolutely magnificent. Watch it was it was tough. It was gritty. It was physical, mm-hmm. which I think some people may start to see is maybe it's a way to kind of negate the Cats' silky uh, abilities through their mids. Yeah, they'll. Um, I think they'll be. Uh licking their wounds this week, the Cats, because, you know, they dropped that one against Essendon and then came out and had a really solid game against Frio, which, are, you know, all these teams are all kind of in that logjam, as, as we'll talk about later. But, you know, they, they just struggled to score. They couldn't get any form of connection from the whole ground. It just kind of lived in Collingwood's front half for, you know, three quarters until finally the, the Cats got a score on the board in Q3 and then, um, you know, on the flip side, you know, they did. They, they only just held on uh, Collingwood. They they didn't finish well. They kicked one point in a half of football. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, 
sorry, in Q4, they only kicked one point. That you know, that I think they would have liked to have finished off and you know not actually uh, you know be worried because the Cats had it in their front half for a long time. It was down there for about nine minutes, um, and there were plenty of opportunities to score, and they just couldn't kick kick one. So it was kind of. Uh, uh, you know, the one that got away from the Cats, but the Collingwood definitely fell across the line. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And it's great to see Ruby Slicer back, too. I think that was one of those that I was kind of, I was waiting for, for that superstar to be back. And I think that's only going to make Collingwood stronger. Mm-hmm. Conveniently, she has to come back to round before they play Sydney, which <laughs> I'll chuckle to myself on that one, but... Yeah. It'll be it'll be mm-hmm. fun, but it, it was this was this like I said the 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 storm that rolled through mid second quarter and it like you could see all the fans bailing for the for the stands and and all that, but it was absolutely it was a great game of footy, great game of footy again, tough physical. It'll be interesting to see how both teams pull up after after that matchup. So we jump out west out the Fremantle Oval as the second shocker of the week is the second shocker of Sunday happens is the Dockers. Yes, I say it. The Dockers knock off the Saints 45-21. Anya Tide continues to have a magnificent season. Haley Miller pops up and does, does some magnificent things. And it just shows you when 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 Kara Bowers is in this team, this Fremantle Docker side can step up mm-hmm. a rung or two from what they were without her. Yeah, St. Kilda never fired a shot, did they? I mean, the Dockers came out and kick four in Q1 and and then basically the game was over by quarter time and the Saints just couldn't get anything going. And, yeah, they just looked lacklustre and, um, you know, they just weren't themselves. And it was tough conditions over there. Fremantle Oval is notorious for, you know, that blustering win. And I think the home ground advantage really uh, played into Frio's hands. And, um, yeah, they, you know, they... um, they got home really strongly, even though, you know, the Saints played a better second half and held them goalless for that half. But, yeah, it was all Freo all day. Definitely, for sure. So it, it was fascinating to see that one. And then last but not least, the one that I think shocked people the most of this entire round as the West Coast Eagles go to Windy Hill over in Melbourne and get a four-point win over Essendon. I was shocked. I had to watch the, I, I watched this game. Then I had to watch the highlights back and I go, did I just see what I just saw? Cause I could not believe what I was seeing as the West coast Eagles win this by four and, and a good first quarter lead, gives them a nice little buffer. And they kind of, they kind of do just enough to get the win. And Essendon, I had these guys stapled in penciled in penned in, however you want to say it into the finals. This makes their this makes their run mm. home. This makes them a little shaky in my head. They're still they're still sitting cool. good, but two rounds to go. There's still yeah. a chance they could fall out. Yeah, look, I don't think they will. I think they'll. Uh, you know, their run home is Carlton and Sons, so I, I think they should take great confidence in against Carlton. Um, but yeah, they they just you, you can't have three quarters where you don't score and expect to win. And, um, you know, the Eagles played a very solid team game. It was probably their, the best team game that I've seen them play. Um, and, yeah, they uh, they move the ball better, Eagles. They, they they are able to get a few connects and, and really actually put 
the defence of Essendon under pressure and, um, yeah, they, they held on in the end, didn't they? The, the Dons were coming. They were coming really super hard, but they were able to fall across the line and get a much relieving win, I'd say. Yeah, definitely for sure. But it's that just that just absolutely that shocked me. That I just I could not believe my eyes yeah. after that game ended. I was like, I, did I just see that right? It was one yeah. I see, but I don't believe type of moment yeah. from, from an old footy call for sure. So, mm-hmm. and that is it. That that is all nine games through round eight. Again, my tipping was absolutely atrocious because Sunday absolutely got me as I went over three of that one. So my my tipping comps, I'm 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 a little bit of strife, a little bit for sure. So. We jump to my one of my favorite parts of the podcast. This I don't podcast. think you're alone there. <laughs> I don't. I think a lot of people this 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 was not a good week for tipsters for sure. This is one of a couple this year that it, it's great for the it's great for the content when it comes to it. It's great for the latter because it keeps things interesting. But the tipping was at the tipping did not go well. So we jump to yeah. my burning yeah. questions because I, I'm I'm always interested on the I'm always interested on this because. Again, we we have two rounds to go, round nine and round ten, and some very significant matchups still to come. A couple of games, several games that I think are really going to shape this top eight. So for you, coach, what's it? What's a game that you're looking forward to in one of these last two rounds that you are going to be tuned in on because you know it's going to affect the eight going forward. Oh, there's so many. It's it's actually that's a really hard question. Um, I, I feel like the, the top four playing each other is is really cool. So Adelaide obviously play North this week and then Melbourne and Brisbane play in round 10. So that will um, shape the, the pointy end of the ladder um, because, yeah, as I said, those four, they're, they're locks. Uh, they'll, they'll all go deep in the finals. The Dons, oh, gee, they're going to have to come out and really, really um, – play well against Carlton to get their tails up because the Suns, the Suns will really want to play finals as well. Um, and it, it's funny how everyone's lined up and I don't think anyone's got an easy game mm-hmm. coming in. Like all of those ones between five and 13 that are all on the same points or the Dons actually are on 20. So six and 13, they're all on the same points, mm-hmm. but they've all got winnable games. Um but yeah, for me, I've got my eyes on the prize. I'm watching. I'm watching those top four. I'm keeping an eye on Essendon because both both of their opponent both of their opponents are fighting for finals with Carlton this week in in Gold Coast next week. So it's like I'm almost looking at it going. Essendon is the team I'm keeping the most eye on because they've got two games that are winnable, but two games that they could drop because Carlton's playing really yeah. good. Carlton's playing some really good footy, a little bit of a stumble up here against GWS this week. And Gold Coast on its day can play some really, really good footy with the, with the skill that they have. So it's like I'm almost looking at it going Essendon schedule is the t- are the two significant ones because you've got 5-9 and you've got 5-7 right now going into these rounds. I mean, two losses for Essendon and they could be – they it could cost them finals. So they, they are not out of this. they got to win at least one of these games. To they guarantee the finals, exactly, and and it, so it's that's going to be absolutely insane. So the Dons would actually would would be that the the their schedule would be the the two games I think that are going to be the most to keep an eye on. So as you just kind of said, Coach, from 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 spot six to spot thirteen, there are four points. That is it. 
I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to test you. I'm going to make you pull out your crystal ball and, and, and I'll pull up the ladder just to be sure. So, so I can make sure on this. So as we said, the, the Don mm-hmm. sit in fifth with 20 points just outside of do, 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 do. And it's always great when you go to the AFL website and it, the first thing it pulls up is the men's ladder. And I'm like, it's over. What are you doing? All right. So here we go. So Essendon, Essendon at fifth with, with Collingwood, both in 20 points, percentage is separating. Gold Coast with that draw puts them at 18. And Geelong sit in the last spot with 16. Carlton, Sydney, Richmond, St. Kilda, and Fremantle all sit outside due to percentage. What three teams, fifth, well, let's go sixth, six, seventh, and eighth with, with Essendon being there. Technically, we'll roll fifth in, but it will we'll kind of one of those two teams should stay into the finals. Six, seven, eight. Who are the three teams that will get into those last three spots in this log jam to 13th place? I think uh, Collingwood will come home. They've um, they play Sydney and Richmond, which are both winnable games for them. I think mm-hmm. there'll be a, a bit of spice with the, the Collingwood Sydney match because obviously Gowans is. From Collingwood, he he was uh, their senior assistant a couple of years ago, um, and Chloe Malloy. That so I think that'll be a super spicy game. But I I think Collingwood will just maybe fall. It'll be close because Sydney mm-hmm. are in some good form. Um, so I think Collingwood will stay in. I think the Suns will stay in. I think Essendon will stay in. I think I think you're right there, and I think Geelong. I think Geelong get that last spot. I'm kind of with you. Unfortunately, I think the eight that is. It, I think the eight that's there is in. I think Carlton. I think Carlton's issue is that I think I think they dropped this one to Essendon, and I think Sydney. Unfortunately, this calling that Collingwood matchup is really going to hurt them. They've, they've got a little bit of an easier matchup with the, with the last round with free, with with Fremantle, but it, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. and. Richmond's injury issues. I think they're just not going to have the horses. I think St. Kilda, they, they had a chance to make finals if they, if they beat Fremantle, but that loss to Fremantle, I think submarined them a little bit in Fremantle, that their percentage is going to kill them being so far back percentage wise from Geelong as we sit. So I'm with you on that one. So, and this one's a fun one for me, coach. Normally I do a supporter question here for my last one, but I'm going to do it just a little bit differently on this. As a pioneer of SA footy and somebody that's well known for for helping SA footy women's SA footy get to where it is today, how encouraged are you at the amazing standards that the AFLW comp is showing this season? Because as somebody that's a huge supporter of women's footy, and and you know me, I'm a huge supporter of women's footy both in the state leagues and the and the AFLW. I'm thoroughly encouraged by how incredible the standard is this year and how close these games are and how competitive they are. How encouraged are you of the progression of women's footy at the highest standard? Yeah, I think it's um, naturally was always going to happen as soon as you invest money and time and coaching and um, giving the athletes a, a real chance to be their best. I always thought it would happen. Um, my my favourite thing that I'm watching um is the aerial prowess of the game. I, I think we've seen, you know, you look back to Eloise Jones, Courtney Hodder, there's been some outstanding aerial marks uh, that we haven't seen before. Um, and I don't know if you're watching, but the uh, the ability to move the ball fast by hand, um, you know, they're, they're, they're coming up with those creative handballs rather than just 
playing boring football. They're just really trying to move the ball offensively. And I don't know about you, coach, but I'm seeing that the kicks are so much longer. They're so much more powerful athletes and, you know, their their skills and the time that's being put into that is just really evident. And it's just, um, it's only going to get better. Yeah, I follow Jim at Bastiani. She put the statistic out. They said goals out goals from 50 and outside are up 21 or 30% since from, from the previous seasons. So it just shows you that a lot of these a lot of these women, they're improving their kick, they're improving their kick distance and their accuracy too. I I, I know it's one of those, it's the it's the little things. But maybe it's it's the coach in me. The more that I watch it, it's the accuracy of kicks. Usually, it's these long, floaty rainbow kicks that take forever, and you sit there as a coach and you go until until the player catches it. But now you're seeing line drive darts that are that are that are just a, maybe half a meter above the head of their intended target, and they they land lace out right on the chest, and you're seeing great link up play. Like there was there was a passage in this in the Sydney game where. Ruck tap, handball, forward handball, forward handball, forward handball, shot on goal, goal. Like mm-hmm. in 20 seconds, the ball went from the center of the ground to behind the over the goal umpire's hat and, and in for six points. I love seeing that. I, I the, the scrappy type of footy, it, it's it's fun sometimes because of the physicality, but the the skill to be able to get the clearance and then three handballs and you're kicking on goal is absolutely magnificent. I've said it and I'll continue to trumpet it and trumpet it as the more these women get to just train and just work on their craft, the better this competition will get, the more the higher standard, the skill you are going to get. And you're going to be impressed with how good some of these women are. And I mean, just looking mm-hmm. at, just looking at your squad this year and, and one of the top, top players on your team is Sinead Goody. I cannot wait, cannot wait for people, the AFLW to see her play footy because she's an absolute magnificent talent. I cannot wait to see that. So, I mean, huge shout out to you at Woodville West Horns because you were you were doing yeoman's work as well in the in the state leagues at the sample W level. Cannot wait for that. So, all right, we are going to get to the point where I kind of take over the podcast just the littlest bit, but I will make sure and get coach into this a lot more. So I started doing this a couple of years ago and I do put together a team of the round. And I always like doing this because it, it makes me dive into the statistics and it makes me watch these games even more closely than I already do. So I'm going to put together a team and I want to hear what you think of this team that I put together. I do a little bit of analytics with it a little bit and I kind of put a little bit more emphasis on players that are making an impact on the scoreboards or score involvements, goals, um, goal assists, different things like that. So there may be a few names that are going to come out that you're going to be a little bit odd because statistically may not have had a huge game, but they may be kicked a goal. So here is my team of the week. We'll start on the fullback line. I try to make sure that I keep these women in the positions that they normally place. So you're going to hear wings. You're going to hear fullback halfbacks and, and so here we go. And the fullback line, starting with Carlton's Harriet Cordner and Sydney's Brianna mm-hmm. Tarrant. Brianna Tarrant has been played some fantastic footy. I got to give her a nod. She's not usually a huge statistics beast, but she did very, very well in this, in this, in this game against the Western Bulldogs. So had to give her a shout out on this one. Halfback line, Adelaide's Chelsea Bedell, North Melbourne's Emma Carney, and Collingwood's Jordan Allen. And the wings, mm-hmm. we see Sydney's Sophia Hurley and Geelong's Nina Morrison. At the Ruck, we see Carlton's Bree Moody in the guts. We see Sydney's Laura Gardner, the Western Bulldogs, Kirsty Lamb, and the Melbourne's Taylor Hanks. At the half forward line, sees 
Chloe Malloy of the Sydney Swans, GWS's um, Zarley Goldsworthy, and Adelaide's Danielle Ponter. At the full forward line, mm-hmm. sees Julia Tico of the Port Adelaide Power and Sydney's Cynthia Hamilton. On the bench, I do defender, midfielder, rock forward, and then a utility player from any position. Um, defender Zoe Prouse of the Adelaide Crows. As the midfielder, Michaela Can of the Collingwood Magpies. The Rocks backup will be Fremantle's Mim Strong. Uh, the forward is Port Adelaide's Gemma Houghton. And the utility is Gold Coast Claudia Whitford. So I know it's a lot of names really quickly, but your thoughts on uh, the team of the round for this round? Yeah, not bad. I think Ebony Marinoff's a bit stiff not to get in there. Uh, she had a pretty, pretty good time. <laughs> and Ali Anderson from... Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, Brizzy, I uh, I can see the uh, red and white ticker is uh, strong in uh, in that selection. But that's, uh, that's the, the statistics. Cool. I know I, I, everybody's going to say, "Coach, that's a lot of Sydney players." Well, Cynthia Hamilton, it's a lot of two. Chloe Chloe kicked three. Sophia Hurley kicked two. Uh, so I uh, the, I mean the, the one that probably yeah so it's it's the goal the goals really kind of helped out that so sometimes it kind of it kind of skews it a little bit when you get a game like they did against the Western Bulldogs where they kicked 14 goals so that it, it is a little bit and I know I, I hear that all the time the midfield's probably the hardest position for me because you're splitting uh, hairs it, it's the yeah. goal sometimes can really help out because if you've got yeah. only three or four that have kicked a goal it really kind of makes it easy but if you get a game where nine, 10, or 11 kick goals, I mean, you're splitting hairs. I'm picking intercept yeah. possessions. I'm picking, I'm picking meters gained. I'm picking clearances. It, it's a lot of fun sometimes. So I completely understand. Yeah. Eb, Eb Marinoff, Ali Anderson. Um, I think Maddie Prasparkas had a really good game. Amy McDonald had a really good game. They had tons of possessions, but they didn't impact on the scoreboard. So that's kind of how I how I kind of split that one up. I know it's stiff. I know it really is stiff, but you so. know what? It's your team and it's a good team. <laughs> All righty, we jump to it. My homage to to the to the former fourth and long on this. And then he does power rankings for everything. So I keep power rankings going. So I do mine by form. Mine is a what have you done for me lately type of power ranking. So it's gonna sound a little bit different as you hear this. So here it goes. Number five, the North Melbourne North Melbourne Ruse still winning three out of the last five, still playing pretty good footy, but unfortunately a loss this round really does kind of hurt them. Number four, the Adelaide Crows. Unfortunately, you lose a game, you drop down a little bit in the in the rankings a little bit just because I it's the it's the winning set winning um the winning streaks and how you're going number three the brisbane lions again started to find another win streak after dropping a game a few rounds ago melbourne at number two and number one is the collingwood magpies with four in a row the longest win streak currently still active in the aflw so again it's a what have you done for me lately it's not always about ladder position so that's why the pies take the top spot in the power ranking so I know it is still early, coach, and we still need teams and and, and um, injury and injury things. But I, but I think let's let's hop on and let's tip this upcoming round of footy. I'm very interested to see your thoughts on this. So we'll jump to Friday night footy and an absolute cracker. I think this this could be a really good game up at Heritage Bank Stadium, up in the Gold Coast, as the Suns host the Giants. Who do you like in this one? Suns for me. All righty. I am I'm with you on this one. I think the Suns, but keep an eye out. This is this is a this is a game that could potentially nip the Giants if it nip the Suns if they take the Giants lightly. Suns win this one, but I think the Giants stay in it. All right. 
Casey Fields in Melbourne as the Melbourne Demons take on the Fremantle Dockers. I like the D's in this one. Fremantle Melbourne coming on. Go ahead. Melbourne convincingly. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think, unfortunately, Fremantle, that travel across country, I think will hurt them just a little list bit. So we jump to it. R-E-S-E-A Park as, as the Saints host the Lions. Who do you like in this one? Lions for me. Alrighty, I have the Lions as well. I think just just a little bit too good for this Saints team. Unfortunately, Nick Del Santo is running into a little bit of a tougher part of his schedule. So a cracking one. I cannot wait for this one. Essendon v. Carlton. Who do you like in this one? Essendon for me. I think uh, they have got a lot of injury woes with Bannister, Kane, G, Voigt, Brown. If they can get Voigt back in... And Brown, that'll be a chance. Yeah, definitely for sure. All righty. The most interesting one, some people would say the wooden the, the fight for the wooden spoon until the Eagles won this round is West Coast take on the doggies out in Minio Resources Park out in Perth. I'm gonna tip the doggies and I'm gonna tip the Eagles in this one. I originally was gonna tip the dogs, but the Eagles win has me impressed and being at home. I think I think the West Coast unfortunately keep the pain going for the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, I think the eggs will get it done. All righty, over to I over to Icon Park as the Richmond Tigers host the Geelong Cats. I don't want to be Richmond, unfortunately. I think the Cats are going to be angry, and I think they come out strong. I have the Cats in this one. I think Richmond will uh, topple the Cats. I think they've got a bit of um, uh, a bit of the stammers, the old Cats. They they haven't really played great footy in the last month. Interesting. Interesting. I like that call there. All right. Henson Park up in Sydney. Does Sydney have a shot or or is Collingwood just too strong? I think, oh, I definitely think Sydney are a smoky to make the eight, but uh, on Collingwood's form, um, how they're playing, um, I, you know what? I'm going to call a draw. <laughs> Well, I will I will take it as a Sydney fan. I'm gonna tip Collingwood. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my my fun one that I say all the time on the podcast is I'm gonna tip and hope my tip get hope my tip is wrong and Sydney wins. So I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. But if I get it wrong, at least I get the tip right. So I, I'm it's a it's a win-win situation either way for, mm-hmm. for me on that one. All right. Yeah. Over to SA where you are in Norwood Oval as the Adelaide Crows host the North Melbourne Ruse. I like the Crows in this one. I think their pressure will, I think their pressure and their ability through the midfield, I think will stifle North. I don't think they'll get it to their big three. And I think Adelaide have the goal scorers. I think, I think Danielle Ponta and Caitlin Gould have a fun time with this North D. I think the Crows win this one. Yeah, I think uh, North will challenge um, a lot and they'll challenge for a half, but I think the Crows will run over the top. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. And last but not least, a fun, a fun little intriguing one at Kinetic Stadium in mm. Frankston as the Hawks take on the Port Adelaide Power. Two expansion sides from last year, hook horns again. Who do you like in this one? Oh, the Hawks are playing a really great brand of footy. I'm going to go with the Hawks. I'm with you on this one. Kinetic Stadium, they play really, really well. And Beck Goddard has the has the, the has these ladies humming. I really thought they had a chance against Richmond. Just fell a little bit short. I think just a little bit too much cohesion on the Hawks side. I think the Hawks win this one as well. So 
Ladies and gentlemen, that is it. All nine games tipped. We've went through it. What an incredible conversation. I, I've absolutely enjoyed it. Coach, it's great to catch up with you. And um, I got I to gotta ask, how are things going at Woodville West Torrance? I know you're starting to get ready for your upcoming season here very soon. Yeah, we uh, had a did a little time trial on the weekend and, uh, you know, caught up with all the parents and families and, you know, just had a bit of a chat about um, where we're going as a club. And, yeah, so the real, real session kicks off tomorrow night. So very excited and uh, hopefully we can uh, push our way up the up the ladder. Fantastic. I, I really, really hope so. As as I messaged you earlier in, in the in the, the last sandful episode of the season, but the last sandful snapshot season, we had our bold prediction. And I kind of threw I threw my backing behind you in my bold prediction. I think that Woodville West Torrance will make finals this year and be and finally get all of the teams in the Sandful W in the finals at least once. So I'm crossing my fingers that that comes true both for, for you. So <laughs> that is going to do it for our episode today. Really, really appreciate the listen, ladies and gentlemen. Keep an eye out. More coverage coming up. We'll finish the AFLW season. We will have an off seat. We will have my off season supporter season kicking off. Very soon where I'm going to sit down and try to have a chat with all of the fans of the unattached teams in the both the Sandful and the Waffle this year and a couple of very special fans that I've sat down that I want to sit down and have a chat with. So keep an eye out. Plenty of footy coverage. I will get us through the summer months in Australia, the winter months over here and uh, over here in the States so we can get back to footy when I can't wait for the sample W to start to get everything going again next season. So that's going to do it for another episode of Donnie's Disposals. We will see you again very, very soon.